Thank you very much to Michelle Lowe of Redshell Consultancy for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Miss Nicole. Now, Michelle is a quantity surveyor by training, is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I trained as a quantity surveyor. Um, been in construction for 20 years now. So no. a long time. You are that old. <laughs> totally am. You are not. I'm pretty grown up. So quantity surveying for the first 10 years, then the second 10 years I went into consulting and started project management, employees agent and contract administrator. So my consultancy business delivers all of those services and, and that's what we do now. But yeah, QS by trade and once you're QS it's always in you. And explain to us what a QS is. Controls the finances, really, of the delivery of the project, but very much on a contractual level. So we work very hard to protect the client's interests. So funders, developers, basically we take on your budget as our budget and we make sure that we deliver within those parameters. As we know, construction can be very tricky. There's a lot of perhaps people looking after their own objectives in a project, um, especially with contractors perhaps sometimes. And it's really important that, that you're protected perhaps sometimes from things you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like we do it, we you know, solve your problems before you know you had them and then try and keep you safe. Let's, let's be very blunt here. You're a red-headed bombshell. <laughs> How do you find it working in such a male-dominated industry when you're not only a woman but you're incredibly striking looking? So wow, how do you, you find that uh, and actually, what even made you go into that? Well, I think my what's on my side is that I'm oblivious to mm-hmm. the fact of how perhaps I'm perceived. And I think that's a real a real strength. I work very, very hard to be respected by my peers in construction. I've chosen a very difficult industry. I've chosen something very technical. Um, and I, I decided I wanted to do this from a very early age, from 17. I love construction, love property, love buildings. But what, what gave you that passion for construction? I don't know, really. I think it was just the buildings. I've always had a real thing for, for seeing the built environment and for having an impact. The fact that you can create something that you've got tangible results of your efforts I mean without question all the projects I've worked on whenever I drive past them I built that I built that yeah I didn't of course I've not laid any brakes but I've been such an important part and of of that process and of pulling it off and I'm so proud of all those things so yeah so I love construction and that's been my driving force so I think to my benefit I've worked so hard at proving myself that I know what I'm talking about I've been oblivious to anything else that might have been going on. And that's yeah, a good thing. It is. And you've got 20 years now experience of experience now. that yeah. you can, you can uh, yeah, pull from. And uh, look, I completely get what you're saying about driving past buildings and say, yeah, that's mine. I do the same. <laughs> when I'm running the Hackney Half Marathon, I'm running along with my friends going, yeah, that's mine and tick, that's tick. mine. That's mine. They're going, oh, yawn. <laughs> but no, I totally get that. But why, I just want to delve into this a little bit more because it is fascinating that, a uh, 17-year-old says, okay, I want to be a quantity surveyor. So why not architecture or uh, yeah, construction management, which I guess it is with the QS, but what was it about being a quantity surveyor that you that appealed to you? Oh, I do wonder, actually. Um, it's a long time ago, so I'll try and think back. Um, I was doing four A-levels at the time um, at school at 17, and on a bit of a whim, I dropped out of all of them to do construction instead, which obviously made my mum very happy. Yeah. And uh, she was sure. very pleased about that. And, um, and and then I looked very much for a project, or a, sorry, not project, uh, a job in construction that would train me, put me through university, do all of the qualifications I needed to do, and also give me experience at the same time. And I did then study the different types of surveying that was 
others out there and available and quantity surveying was the one that I chose. I had to work very hard to get there actually. When I left, just abandoned my A-levels at 17 and then went into construction, I had to do all these different courses to get to a degree level. So I had to do, I think it was built environment first for a year and then H&D and building studies and then it was the part-time day release and I did construction management as it turns out. My first 10 years were in main contracting so therefore it was very much construction management and CIOB as opposed to RICS. So my first 10 years in contracting, I think I qualified as a QS really project level after 10 years. It was a long old time. It is a long time. And then after that, when I went into consulting, that's when I also did my RICS and then was very much, you know, on the contract administrator side as well. And were you the only woman doing that? At various times you must have been. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my very early studying, there was one or two of us in the classroom, definitely. And then my first few jobs, then yeah, definitely. But again, my focus was... I was very aware of how little I knew, without question, without question, especially with it being so technical. And I just felt so green. So I just tried so hard to prove myself that I knew what I was talking about and that, you know, I understood this kind of technicalities of it, that that, that was my drive. And that's all I've ever wanted, actually, was to be respected by my peers. Mm, exactly. So you, you felt that you had to work harder mm. as a woman to prove yourself on these technical sides. Yeah, probably, probably, yeah. yeah. Which means you're a better hire. <laughs> Why, thank you. Because <laughs> I try very hard. <laughs> and it's so fascinating. I couldn't imagine going to a job where I already knew everything. Every project, as we know, I know this is said all the time, every project that we go to is different, has different technical challenges, has different construction methods. I'm all up for something modern and innovative without question. And I want to kind of do groundbreaking things. I want to do things that are new and difficult. Mm. Maybe there's like, you know, something in there somewhere, but I always want to do things that are difficult because that's how you really kind of accomplish and you learn, don't you? So I couldn't imagine going into something where it was the same routine all the time. I think, yeah, I'd struggle with that. So what are some of the things then that are talking about the modern and different construction uh, methodologies and things? Things like modular and prefab, CLT, yeah. all these things are thrown around a lot. What is it that you see that really excites you? Oh, well, I'm really glad you asked <laughs> because <laughs> I'm looking at a project right now. <clears throat> it's a development. I've set up Red Shell Development Company um, quite recently and we're looking at our very first development. And our first development is a groundbreaking, innovative, eco, high-end residential dwelling that I'm pulling together. I shall be tabling it to quorum on Thursday. I've done a lot of research into this and it has won three awards for its design so far. And it just excites me just to look at it. And I know that I've been out to site, I've studied the drawings, I've got an architect on board. And when I'm talking about it, I know that building it is actually very simple. It's very like the buildability is really there, it's really easy. But the end result is just such an amazing space. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And why, what is it that makes it so different and so. Unusual. Interesting and unusual, yeah. Yeah, because it's not your average dwelling. It's not your average high-end property. It's not, it doesn't look the same as the others and it has all the technology. So, you know, sustainability is, is almost commonplace now and rightly so, it really needs to be. So it's got the ground source heat pumps. It's, you know, self-sufficient, it's sustainable and all that level. But also I'm then mixing it with the fact that it's a high-end dwelling and it has the gym and it has all the functions and the entertaining space that you might need. And I I think that's just such a contradiction and you don't get that in any places at the minute and I think it's kind of a, a little bit leading um, and it has won these design awards it looks hugely unusual so it takes you know a certain type of people I think that want to get involved and buy into the project and then hopefully want to buy it 
<laughs> and how do the construction costs for something so innovative compare to your traditional style? Pretty good, actually, pretty good. I'm getting it checked by a, a main contractor at the minute. I met with someone last week, but I've already costed it. Um, and I think it, it really stacks up, actually. Like I say, the design is very simple. So that's not too difficult. There's a... I don't know if I can say too much because, you know, it's all very secret at the minute. <laughs> tell us what you can. <laughs> what I can tell you. It's got a really unusual self-supporting structural roof, um, which is made of timber. And that is what we're looking at at the minute as to see just how expensive or, you know, how realistic that is in, in building it that way. Because what we're looking for now is we're looking for skilled labour. We're looking for skilled contractors that can do something with a bit of love and care rather than perhaps, you know, your, your, even your modulars where you're bashing up, you know, apartments and things and they're clad and then they're sold. This has got a little bit more heart and soul into it, I think. And is it easy to find these sorts of skilled uh, contractors? I'm looking. <laughs> okay, that makes, it, makes me think the answer is no. No, I don't know, actually. I always think that I'm very open-minded, I suppose. And if you're looking and you're asking the right questions and you're enthusiastic about something, then usually you find the right people. They're out there. And I think the industry's changing quite a bit over the last 10 or 20 years, certainly, that I've seen, where it's been very, you know, medium-sized contractors being very contractual and and out these like particular projects I think now we're starting to see a bit of a movement where people are putting a bit more you know love and care into what they're delivering um, and then looking for these kind of skilled labors again I think we do have them I think we do here in the UK homegrown yeah I reckon I reckon I spoke to a couple of, of timber kind of um, manufacturers and sources um, I spoke to someone very recently actually who designs modular systems and they're all doing it because they want to see things change they want to do things that are different so I do think they're there yeah absolutely we're homegrown aren't we almost oh, well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yay someone thinks I'm British you're a hackney girl aren't you <laughs> oh you don't know how happy that's just made me feel I feel British I, not that I'm sort of disowning my Australian roots whatsoever but in just a insulted couple, half of the world I know, I'm really sorry <laughs> well Australia how many how many Australians are there no look I, I'm very proud of being Australian as a little tangent proud of being Australian but I do feel British now anyway that's a big tangent just to give us an idea if you can I know it's top secret but what sort of price per square foot are you looking at building out this unusual house? Mm, well, I work in cost per square meters, of Oh, course. oh no, you're cost metric. Per, I okay. know, let's really test Let my QS skills and see if I can do both. Um, I think about 250, 260. Okay, and how does that compare to regular construction? It is very comparable with the product that it is. Okay. So the product that it is being a large, single, high-end residential dwelling then yes, very comparable, even though it is groundbreaking design and, you know, eco and it has these unusual elements to it. I think it's still the same price as it would be if it was anything else. Yeah, so you're able to find cost savings in the in the build, in the, yeah. in the construction side, that yeah. even though it looks so incredible and there's yeah. gyms and all these various things, yeah. then you can provide that quality, uh, that um, efficiency within that. Absolutely. I think everything is doable. You've just got to be a bit creative sometimes. So yeah, absolutely. And is this something that you'll be looking to then uh, roll out? Is it kind of like the the Huff House where you, mm. where it's, is it a brand like that? Maybe. But the point, I suppose, of my racial developments is that I want to make I want to build, I want to create amazing spaces. And this is the first one I've really looked at and got, got a hold of and really want to see it take off. And absolutely on the back of that, then hopefully I'll get the opportunity to do more of just really unusual projects. I'd love to, I'd love to. Yeah, that's everyone's dream, isn't it? And yeah. I think that's why our architect, um, Amrita at Drew Projects, loves working with us, for example, is because we give her complete 
open reign and say, right, you do whatever you want. Uh, we'll give you no direction. As long as the costs stack, then it's yours. And yeah. she produces something new every time. And that's that's a dream project, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> it's the freedom to be so creative, isn't it? Artistic licence. Yeah, absolutely. Then when you've got a happy team that all buy into personally what they're doing, you get amazing results, don't you? Of course. That's right. And you're also the client. So you're the client and the... Uh, provider on this particular project? Yeah, looking to be... So acting as developer, but putting together a team, it's not something I can do on my own, of course not. So looking to structure a team around me as developer, but also I'm going to definitely act as as contract administrator and QS on this because then I've got total kind of tight rein on something and I think on something quite so unusual and, and new... I need to do that. I need to do that. And look, there's no one else as skilled as you when it's your concept. Is that correct? <laughs> I hope, I hope. well, I'd like to think so. But I suppose when it's your first one, it's your baby as well. It's not like you want complete control, but you've got to do everything in your power to make sure it goes as well as it can. And you've got to commit to it on that level, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, and... So the way that we met is through Quorum. Indeed. You're in my group. I am. Very <laughs> Which is honoured. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, look, I'm honoured. It's just incredible. We've got a really good group. And I felt that the uh, the April, no, it was the March group when we all met, I felt that we really clicked. It took two months for us to get into the swing of things and yeah. to all really work together and trust each other and I felt that that really worked is that what you're, fe- you're yeah, feeling absolutely. as well? absolutely there was a settling in period which of yes. course there would be anyone that's seen the quorum you know brand and model and, and what it's doing is so amazing that I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that when I applied was utterly humbled and amazed that I got in and for the first you know few meetings you're like wow I'm you know these people are really successful right now so there's a little bit kind of bedding in feeling a little bit out your depth that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we grow, isn't it? So there was That's a lot, right. a bit of that going on. I don't think I was the only one. I have that as well because there's people there who are just so incredible doing such amazing things. I think, well, and then I have to say, no, you are the facilitator. You're not supposed to be the expert. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very much the the attitude that I have towards it as well. But it's been a really supportive group so far. Yes, I find everyone so personable and so accepting. And that's amazing it makes it almost like a very safe place to be and I think what you've just said then was really important I was going to table this particular project at the last meeting um didn't feel comfortable enough to do it because I didn't have all the answers and then this time I've realized I don't need the answers I need to come up to the team and say anyone got any ideas can anyone help me with this and just open it up because we're picking up from everyone's experience and that's the point of quorum exactly and we've got such skilled people within the group if you look around we've got people who have done service accommodation and um, hmos to a very high level we've got um, planning consultants we've got finances we've got yeah construction experts like yourself we've got all these skills in the room that we can really utilize and that's the whole idea of it yeah we're acting as a team definitely Mm. yeah it's a great place to be and it seems that you've formed your own little group within that as well to do this particular project it's starting to yeah definitely i've got quite a few things on the go with the quorum i've set up uh, red shell properties recently and with the help of um, one of our fund guys they're funding me on that and i had a little bit of heads up from one of our hmo and buy to let um experts and she really supported me making that decision at the last quorum meeting i was making the phone calls while we were having our, our workshop so that has med- led me to that and then with the red shell developments i've been speaking to Matt and Lara which have really helped me and they put me in contact with the right architect without question he's the right architect he's done it before and then with the right Matt Sedell and Lara Cowan indeed (laughs) they've been perfect Um, they've also put me in fun with an agent who's taking it very seriously he's looking for funding for me and an end purchaser so without the quorum connections none of those two businesses wouldn't be existing as yet 
we'll be looking at such amazing things right now. So there's been such an elevation in a short period of time that it's it's difficult to keep up. (laughs) Especially, oh, and I should just add quickly, we're also going to Ibiza together (laughs) as part of a quorum women's group. Yeah, (laughs) Because if things couldn't get any better. That's just the icing on the cake, isn't it? Very excited. Thank you. But talking about not being able to keep up, you're also a mother, aren't you? Indeed. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Connor's eight. You've got an eight-year-old, and so you're very much having to juggle all of this around being a mother. How do you manage? The same way you do. (laughs) (laughs) And how's that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When I first went, I only set up Red Shell Consulting four years ago, and that was very much freelancing. The reason I went freelancing was to be quite so flexible. So I can do the school runs, I can do the plays, I can do things I need to do, and then the days that I have some more time, I do my long days and I manage everything that way. Um, so Red Shell um, Consulting was really kind of six months to a year old of really being a business in its own entity. And I find that the freedom and flexibility is amazing. But also because it's my baby, I'll happily work in the evenings and weekends, you know, when he's asleep or when he's doing his things. Then you, you mix it around because there's no separation. You know, my businesses and my work life, and my family are integrated. Um, I've got a website being launched next week. And I was looking at the draft of it two nights ago and Connor came to look at it on the laptop with me. And he was so excited. He's eight years old. And when he saw the things that I was being able to do, he was just beside himself. And that made me so happy. I was like, this is why mummy loves her job so much, darling. You've got to come and see these. And he's like, I'd love to. So we're really integrated in what we do. and, And you must find the same. If you can involve them, perhaps, then... It's all part of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. My 10-year-old is convinced. He said, I'm not even going to university. I'm coming to work with you. I'm yes, doing what you did. Yeah. And he thinks I'm famous. <laughs> goes, you are. You're famous. <laughs> it's really easy. You've got all these followers on socials and you yeah. make good money. And I went, yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you don't know what I do when <laughs> yeah. you go to bed, darling. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I took my uh, six, oh, she's nearly seven now. I took my six-year-old daughter around on site visits one Saturday yes. and it was just fascinating. She loved it. And of course she loved it because all the all the guys on site were going, oh, hello, and helping her, holding her hand, Little helping cutie. her around there. And she's just, wow, mummy, I want to go back to site again. And it is so lovely to get your kids involved. It really is, really is, because we don't want them to be separate. We don't want to go to an office and, you know, sell our soul and not see them grow up. We want it all to be integrated. That's lovely. I can't is, wait to take yeah. them out on site, but I guess it has to be my site. It has to be your site, yeah. You've got different rules than me. These are my sites. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm not bound by health and safety as we're jumping through Joyce. <laughs> Oh dear. And look, that's one of the things that I love about property is the flexibility that it gives you. And you're embracing that flexibility as well with your own consultancy. And it allows you to have this work-life balance and keep fit, have your family and also... All the fun stuff as well. Absolutely. You've got to make your life work for you. You've got to make it work around what you want, definitely. Exactly. Now, tell us about... um, So you went went and did this... this 10-year type uh, education. Did you ever... Have you ever worked for someone else before? Yeah, well, not outside of construction. So all of my jobs previously were for main contractors, some quite big main contractors, which was as a main contractor QS, you're on the front line, really. (laughs) You really are on the front line. There's the best experience you could ever get in construction. You understand the dynamics between the parties and really, you know, what everyone's striving for. Um, And also the practical buildability of things as well. So that's great. Um, And then when I went over to consulting, I worked for big names like Davis Langdon and then ACOM and, you know, the big name consultancies, which at the time when I got to that position, I thought I'd made it. You know, yeah. Davis Langdon is the epitome of British QSing. So I was all very proud. 
And then after a period of time, perhaps when you grow up a little bit more, especially when you have a family, realise that sometimes corporations, you're a little bit of a number and you're not able to step outside of your box of, you know, responsibilities. And I like taking charge and ownership over what I do. So I like to stretch a bit. So that's when you start working for yourself. That's right. And it probably allows you to do a greater range of projects as well. Is that right? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, And it's amazing what you can find and what comes to you when you start opening your mind and your parameters a little bit, actually. I've been really lucky to work on some amazing projects recently. Absolutely groundbreaking things that just blow me away. Such as what? um, So my favourite one at the minute is some high-end residential in London, two properties with a GDV of 300 million. One of the 300 300. Yes. Wow. <laughs> where are they? Amazing, <laughs> as you can imagine. And they're in uh, South Kensington. And one is John F. Kennedy's family home and then the next door property. So when you walk into something like this, as someone that loves property and construction as much as we do, it must take you down. Yeah, um, please. When you walk in, first of all, you've got all the historic ev- evidence and, you know, the, the listed areas and the fact that it's so British and traditional and, you know, we're maintaining that and preserving that and that's amazing. And on the other hand, you've got the most groundbreaking technology in your two-level basement of your, you know, car lift and your 3D cinema and the raising floor in the swimming pool, which forms a dance floor because, you know, oh you, would. you would. I need one of those. I need it. <laughs> and when you have days like that, when you go to work and I'm rocking around this building, you know, and it As just blows me away. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe I do that. We need to have a party on the dance floor and the pool. We need to dance and then lower it and have a pool party. We test it, haven't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Before Ibiza. Let's do it. <laughs> just test out our bikinis before we go. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, it's amazing to be able to do things like that sometimes. That's incredible. And where do your clients come from? Well, I've been very lucky that everything has been with people that I know at the minute. So I've not publicised as yet. I've not advertised. My website hasn't been launched yet. It's next week. I've also joined Quorum. And on the back of that, we've got some some jobs in the pipeline, which is amazing. But I've been very lucky enough that that when I came freelancing, I then was freelancing with a company which got to do some amazing projects. And then off the back of that, people then want me to come and do more things with them. So it grows organically, which is amazing. That is amazing. And do do you use any social media or anything like that? Any LinkedIn or you're starting? Yes, started. I got advised to. Did you? I wonder who advised you. So Instagram was my favourite to start with. Um, And that's how I came across yourself, actually, Nicole. That's where I saw it all. Absolutely saw it all on there. So I started using that. And that's because I get to rock around and post pictures of buildings that I love. (laughs) So I do a lot of that. But actually kind of publicising or filming what I do myself is you know, awkward on all of the levels, but it's something we're going to have to get used to. Yeah, um, it gets easier, trust me. Thank you. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> Hope so. So we're all learning to do these things. You know, I've spent 20 years learning construction. I can do that now. Now I need to learn business. Yes. And those things that come with that. Look, it's an amazing journey. And I I really love the story of you being so construction heavy in your career and being a woman. And I know that you've tried not to make it a thing, but it is a thing. Whether you want it to be or not, it's a thing. And would you would you recommend to other women, other young girls who are 15, 16, 17, to go into this industry? Oh, yeah, of course, all day long, all day long. Because 
well, you've got to have a passion for what you do, step one. You've got to be interested in construction and in property and in buildings. Otherwise, it's just going to be horrible, I'm sure, because it's not easy. There's, there's nothing about construction that's easy. So you've got to have a passion for it. But if you do, you've got to go with it. And I don't think, you know, who's around you or what the industry is like should ever stop you. I think you've got to go for what you want to do, definitely. And as you can see, I love it so much. You're so passionate. I can't yeah. stop. So yeah. I'd, I'd talk anyone into giving it a try, definitely. Have you ever done any talks at schools? Um, yes, I suppose I did actually. I was regional ambassador for the Chartered Institute of Building for a little while. And it was really funny that um, they asked me to go back to a college in Northampton called Moulton College um, to give a little talk about being a CIOB member and to give some awards out for the students that year. And as I went, I realised that 18 years previously, I was sat in Moulton College listening to one of those talks oh, from the CIOB. It was really yeah. weird to yeah. go back and then be on the other side because I, you have that kind of imposter syndrome, don't you? You're like, well, what am I doing here? Are they listening to me? But that that's all I've really done. Public speaking and that kind of thing is, is you know, awkward for me. So I've been cracking on with building. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got to crack on with building your profile. Thank you. Yes. This is a very interesting. <laughs> story look thank you so much michelle for coming and sharing your really interesting story with us and thank you for being such an ambassador for women in property oh thank you so much thank you so much for inviting me it's been lovely thank you thank you